You're listening to a session of Come Celebrate, hosted by the Bay Christian Family Church. You may be seated. I want to share on what I tie to grace for your assignment. Each of us have got grace. And grace basically means God's enablement. God's working within us. God at work in you and in me. Uh, as, uh, some people refer to grace as favor that you do not really merit. To have ability to operate that is, you know, looking at you from the natural, you don't really qualify. You don't have it. But then God endows you or releases that upon you in spite of you. Just as uh, Pastor Judah was saying, looking at the, the, the account of Peter, everything about him showed that he's not the right guy that God should use. After having denied Jesus three times, uh, I don't know how many of you have denied Jesus even once, but he did it three times and yet grace showed up and manifested. So it, if there's anything you and I would need as to carry out God's assignment for our lives, it's grace. Because grace is what brought us into salvation. And grace is what is carrying us through until we get to that place where we receive the crown. In the book of Zechariah chapter number 4, when you read from verse number 6 to about verse number 10, the Bible says actually for around verse number 9, it talks about, uh, he's speaking there and he says, uh, not by might nor by power but by my spirit, says the Lord. And then he goes on to say, Who art thou, O mountain, before Zerubbabel, thou shalt be made a plain. For the hands of Zerubbabel laid the foundation, and the hands of Zerubbabel were finished. That then means, anytime God is in what you are doing, he does not only begin with you, but he ensures that you also have grace to finish. And so I want to assure somebody here today that as long as you are called of God, as long as God's grace is at work in you, it doesn't matter what's happening right now. As long as you don't cast away your confidence, as the Bible says in the book of uh, Hebrews chapter number 10 from verse number 35 to about verse 39. Cast not therefore your confidence, for you have need of patience. After you've done the will of God, you may obtain the promise, for he that will come will come and not delay. For my righteous one shall live, for we walk by faith and not by sight. You know that. So it's important to know, just as Zechariah was saying, that because the hands of Zerubbabel laid the foundation, his hands will finish it, but he's going to do it with the shout of grace. Grace to it. So that means when the grace of God is upon you, you don't only start, but you finish what you start. Amen. And that's why you can't afford to give in or give up. You can't afford to turn coward and run away. When you look at what the Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter number uh, four, uh, uh, four, it talks about having this uh, treasure in earthen vessel. In verse number seven, it speaks about the treasure that we have, which is like the grace of God that is upon us to carry out the assignment that is given to us. 
You read 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, and you also see there, it says, seeing that we have this ministry as we have received mercy, another word for that is grace, as we have received grace, we faint not, but we've renounced the hidden works of dishonesty, not handling the word of God deceitfully, but commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. So when God's grace is upon you, he calls and enlists you or empowers you for ministry, but not just for you to start and quit, but start and finish. Hallelujah. So it's important to know that there is power and there's grace for every God-given assignment. The power and the importance of grace for your assignment. Everything that we access in the kingdom of God is by grace through faith. Salvation was the work of grace. Being called into ministry is also a display of God's grace. You can't achieve greatness in the kingdom without the grace of God. Charisma is not enough. You need grace. A lot of people have a lot of charisma, but no grace. Grace will do for you what no man can do. God's grace turns you into another man. That was the grace that came up. Uh, you can, I mean, a lot of people think that there was no grace in the Old Testament, but God's grace has been there. That's what sustained and carried them until the manifest grace came in Christ Jesus. So whatever they did then, the grace of God was working, only that they didn't understand. So God's grace would turn you into another man. That was how it happened with uh, Saul, that Saul began to prophesy with the prophets. Just because he had an encounter with a prophet, so the grace of the prophet came upon him, and so they started to ask, is Saul also among the prophets? You will achieve more in one day through God's grace what others struggle to achieve throughout a lifetime. God's grace upon your life renders human weakness and inabilities useless. When a grace person um, may enter and be celebrated, a grace person may enter a place and be celebrated, a person not grace may enter the same place and be disgraced and frustrated. Grace will set you above your equals. When grace is at work, your limitations no longer limit you. Where there is no grace, disgrace is inevitable. In God's kingdom, it is not the talented that reign, but the grace that work and show forth his grace. Your color, your education, your family background, your gender, etc. does not stop you when grace is at work. Your setbacks, your mistakes, just as we heard from uh, Pastor Judah, it doesn't matter what you have done, but when the grace of God is upon you, he will restore you again. You, the Bible says a righteous person may fall how many times? Seven times. 
But God, and, and what actually helps to bring the person back is the grace. Do you know the prodigal son, what drew him back home was the grace of his father? Even though I think hunger was the reason that, that he, he left, but then he, he knew that in spite of what he has done, even though he had this kind of little bit tilted understanding of his father, but he still had something that he knew there would be a ray of hope that I will still be allowed home, even though I may be a servant. And he said, the, the thing about my dad is that even servants have more than enough food to eat. So hunger took him home to be a servant, yet he was made a son and he was received when he was still a distant away. That's what the grace of God does. It embraces you in spite of your failures. It's, people may judge you and think you know, and write you off, but when the grace of God is upon you, just a matter of time, every, you will arise and shine again. Isaiah chapter number 60, when you read from verse number 1 to verse number 5, it, it speaks about arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But it says God will arise upon you. And that's why you shouldn't sit down there, you know, mourn and groan and complain and say it's over with me. It's not over with you because God that has started a good work in you, he is faithful. Look at your neighbor and say God is faithful. <laughs> that means God never starts what he has not already finished. He's still working in you. When you read what the Bible says in the book of Galatians, chapter number 6, and you read verse 9 and verse number 10, the Bible says, do not be weary, don't get exhausted, don't get tired while doing good. For in due season, you will do what? You will reap. If you do not what? Faint. It says, verse number 10 says, as you have opportunity, Ensure that you do good to all, especially to those who are the household of faith. So when the grace of God is at work in you, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter who has given up on you. The grace of God will sustain you until you receive that which God has for you. When you read what Paul said in his letter to the Corinthians in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, verse number 58. It says, be steadfast, immovable, increasing, expanding, going forward in the work of the Lord because you do know that your labor and work in the Lord is not in what? It's not in what? In vain. And then Paul writes to the Romans in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter number 6, verse 1, that you should not receive that grace in what? In vain. That means don't frustrate the grace. Don't do what? Frustrate the grace. That means any grace we receive. He says, we then as workers together with him also plead with you not to do what? Receive the grace of God in what? In vain. That means anytime we are called of God, there is grace to keep us 
going in spite of whatever may be happening. So don't let the grace just lie there dormant as if there's nothing I can do. I have made mistakes. I mean, this is what Pastor Judah was talking about. So let that grace carry you through. Hallelujah. In the book of 2 Timothy chapter number 4, let's look at verse number 14. 1 Timothy chapter number 4 verse 14. Do not do what? Neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by what? Prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership or the presbytery. It's saying that, you know, somebody will not just come and say to you, do not neglect. You are being encouraged not to neglect because there is a, there's something happening that will possibly make you lay aside, quit doing what you were doing. You've been faithful in the church. You've been giving. You've been in that cell group. You've been loving. But now things are happening and you are feeling like throwing in the towel. And he's saying, do not neglect. Don't fling away. Don't turn back. Don't quit doing what you were doing before. Because God is watching and he's not just watching, but his grace is carrying you through to ensure that you get to the end. Because God does not only begin, but he finishes with you. The Bible says right uh, through the mouth of uh, Job chapter number 8 verse 7, that though your beginning was what? Small, but your latter end shall greatly increase. Basically, what is he saying? The grace that God worked with you to begin is the same grace that will sustain you. So don't start something with grace and expect to finish it in your own power. Grace begins, grace carries through, and grace ends. God's grace is ever flowing in our lives. As long as we will quit trying to do things in our own power. You did not get born again by working it out. It was grace that did it. And grace needs to convey you. So grace is like the conveyor belt. What you need to do, step on the belt and lie on the belt and keep doing what he has called you to do. No matter what is happening or not happening, the conveyor belt has been programmed to carry you from where you are to where the delivery will be made. So don't you bother, don't try and find out how does the mechanism of the conveyor belt work. Grace is what is pulling it through. It's working it, it's working it. And God will ensure that you make it to the other side. Touch your neighbor and say, I think he's talking to you. Hallelujah. Where a grace person may enter and be celebrated, a person without grace, as said, will be frustrated. Where there is no grace, this grace is inevitable. You cannot perform God's assignment without God's grace. Every God-given assignment needs God's grace to bring it about. Psalms 127 verse 1 to about verse number three, the Bible says, except the Lord build the house, the labor in what? In vain, who do what? Who build it? 
is vain for you to rise up early, go to bed late, only to eat the bread of sorrow. For he be given to his beloved what? Sleep. That means rest. We've been called on to rest, family. Amen. Not restlessness. Amen. Stop running all over the place trying to make things work. I've seen this in my life, trying to make things work. Try that and try that. But when I came to the place and the moment of rest in God, in the finished work that Jesus did on the cross of Calvary, when he hung on the cross, do you know he never said, I am finished? He said, it is what? Finished. So how do I have to again try and do what has already been done? Healing is being paid for. The grace of God that brought salvation. Salvation is not just being saved from your sins. In that package is healing. It's provision. It's everything that you need. And you saw so many times we want to just do it in our own power so that we can have something or to show that I made it happen. This trophy is because I'm smart. But without the grace of God, your smartest brain will still amount to nothing. So stop trusting your beauty. Stop trusting your intellect. Stop trusting your hard work. Stop trusting on your connections. Start relying on the grace of God. That's what we need, family. For you to arise and shine. Isaiah says in the book of Isaiah 52, Awake. There are times you feel like waking up and you don't know why you could just feel numb. You don't feel like getting up. You know, sometimes you feel like praying. You want to pray, but you don't feel like praying. You don't, there's nothing in you that's moving you to pray. And that's why we've been enabled through the Holy Spirit. Then you can, you, you don't feel like praying. You're feeling tired, feeling drowsy, feeling sleepy. But then the power of the Holy Spirit comes. And then sometimes, you know, with all the problems, the Bible says at destruction and at famine, I will laugh. But then everything in you is saying you've got no reason to smile, talk less, laugh. But then the Holy Spirit starts to, you know, well up the well within you. Um, <laughs> and, and you sound like a fool to yourself and to your cat. But then you are doing it by faith. And before you realize it, <laughs> and somebody may say, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't have to make sense as long as it makes faith. Because by faith, so you start to, before you realize it, whatever was overwhelming you and stopping you from going forward, you would suddenly realize the, the, the rise of the grace of God and the same you that was about to give up your head, you are now ready to start all over again. The grace of God is what we need, family. Stop depending on connections. Stop depending on how smart you are with business because except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain who build it. John chapter 3, verse number 25, 26, and 27. 
The Bible says that the, 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 when the, the disciples came and they were talking about, do you know about what's happening with Jesus? The, the, his baptizing? They came to John and said, he's baptizing and many are following him. There are more people following him than, than, than you. And don't forget, you baptized him. And what did John say? That was going to get into his head. They were trying to get him to, you know, get into the flesh and get into competition. Not knowing each person has his own grace. John was called to be a forerunner, prepared the way. He was not meant to be a Messiah. And that's why when things start happened with him and he was in jail, he started, he almost had an attitude. Why am I in jail? And it was for you. And now see where I am. And Jesus said, blessed is he who is not offended in me. And John had an understanding. And what did he say? He said in verse 27 of John 3, he says, a man can receive nothing except it be given him from where? From above. So that means what you need, you don't have to compete. You don't have to try to be like another person. Just ask God, where is my area of grace? What am I graced to do? What questions have I been graced to answer? What doors have I been graced to open? What have I been graced to do? And the moment you discover your area of grace, there's no need for competition. Grace is what we need. Grace. All the people that God used in the Bible, they needed his grace to... Be able to do whatever he called them to do. Adam needed grace to have dominion and be able to name the animals without losing track, getting confused, and naming a chimpanzee uh, and thinking he's a Zulu man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, so one of my uh, cousins years ago was schooling in Britain. And he was in the shop trying to buy something. And a little kid kept crying and running to the mother. And the mother said, why are you crying? He said, I saw a chimpanzee the next. And they called my, 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 uh, my cousin a chimpanzee. Because the, ch and the innocent child has never seen somebody that black. And, and that person's nose truly was not too far from a chimpanzee's type. And so, Adam had grace to name the animals, have dominion. Noah had grace to bring about, to be able to preach to a, to a, a, a stiff-necked people, ungodly people. And he was able to build an ark when he never had seen anybody build an ark. When the grace of God is upon you to carry out any assignment, it doesn't matter if nobody has ever done it, you will be the first to do it. The grace of God is upon you to build a mega church with many campuses and to have the, the building built of cash. That same God, it, it takes the grace of God. There's what we call grace to build, There's, and the master builder is God. And when God puts the grace upon you to build, you begin to build. Yeah. You remember when we were talking about we trusting God for our house? 
You remember, and we turned, I turned 60 and I still didn't have a house. I, I, I was renting from one house to the other, one house to the other. And one time, one landlord almost made me lose my sanctification. And, and my wife was watching me. I, I was short of hitting this Africana woman. You know, I, I was ready to hit her and repent after, and I knew the grace of God will forgive me. And I was going to hit her. I mean, when you are renting and you don't own your own house, you go through all kinds of things. You know, they just look for anything. They tell you, you know, when you rented the house, there was no rabbit there. How did the rabbit come in? They'll tell you there was no rat. And they, everything is wrong. When they, because they've eaten the deposit you gave. Seven years ago, and they don't have it to give it back to you. So they're going to say, the cupboard was not like that. No, the geezer is no longer working. When I gave you, the geezer was working. And they find all kinds of excuses. And one, one landlord, when we were living in his house in our early years, he, he took me to the, 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 the court and took, reported us, and lawyers sent us letters, and he was asking for 200,000 rand. And I didn't owe him a cent. I asked him, why would you lie on me? I'm a pastor. He said, I need money. I said, if you're looking for money, is it from a pastor? He said, yeah, because pastors get all free offering. I reported him to God. Yeah, because God was a God being my employer. I said, see what they are doing with your employer. But I'm telling you, it's not good Poverty is truly a disgrace. Can you imagine an anointed person being reported because there's something? There was one time we didn't have money for rent. And they said, pay now. I said, I'm trusting God. They said, we don't understand faith. We need cash. Long and short, we turned, I turned 60, no house. So we said, Lord Jesus, I've been serving you. Thank you, you are faithful. You provide for us. My wife, too, also 10, 60. So we said, that's 120 years put together. <laughs> but no house. Yet anointed, praying in tongues. But no house, renting. And every time we have to be praying, Lord, please touch our landlord. Touch our landlord, Jesus, please. And they, they, most 90-something percent of them were on, on, unsaved people, and unsaved people can be nasty when they get on a man of God. They don't even care. They don't know that I'm working for God. And so it went so bad, but then at a point, we were trying this and trying that. I went to the bank, and they said, how old are you? That time I was around maybe 58 or thereabout. They said, if we give you that, you don't have much time to live. You died. <laughs> You will die before the, you finish paying off the mortgage. So we had to just, you know, finally, my wife and I just said, Lord, we're working for you. We've helped people to get houses. We've built the church cash. It's now us to have a house now. And so we just, the moment we came to rest and called upon the grace of God that is upon us, because the grace provides when God calls you and you remain in the place of your assignment, in the place of your calling, there is provision. And so it may look like it's late, but it comes better. And so 
I'm telling you, time will fail me. I would have sent to your media team so they can play what's going on with our house. And we are building our house now cash. And, and I'm telling you, when you come next in the, for our conference, we're going to eat in that house. Each time I used to eat in your house, I wonder how can he be my friend? And then every time we go eat in his house in a gated community, and then I go back to a rented house. So I said, no. I want your grace, brother. So the next time you come, we are not in a gated community with others. We have our own self-made gated community. So God blessed us with a 6.7 hectare property. And right now we are building and, and I told them, put another build. Uh, house on top because I came too late. I want to see everybody. And, and where, where we are, they, they called for a community meeting and when we showed up, I showed up, I, I, there were close to 50 house owners around that place and some have two hectares, some have five. I looked at one of them and I said, I got 6.7. And do you know what? 99.9% they, they look like you. I was the only one that looked dark. So when they heard I was a pastor, they told me to pray. So I got up and prayed, and I prayed different. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you're so good. But the time that I didn't have a house, I was always in a hurry. Lord Jesus, thank you. Please, Lord, please, Lord, please, Lord. When when the grace of God is upon you and start, you start to enjoy the goodness of God, you pray different. You walk different. You talk different. I say the grace of God is raising you up. The grace of God will finish that assignment. The grace of God will give you that thing you've been waiting for. The grace of God will build that church cash. Somebody shout grace. Shout grace. Shout grace. The grace of God is what is bringing that baby that you came out here believing God for. That same grace that raised your mother from the bed of affliction and now she's alive and well. The grace of God will keep this church. Nobody will die before your time. You've got grace for longevity. You've got grace for long life. You've got grace for prosperity. You've got grace for joy. Somebody shout grace. You can only give what you carry. And what you have is what you dispense. The house of faith. We take things by faith. We may not look like it. May not smell like it. People may look down on us. This is my wife dropping money. Thank you, honey. I preach better when there's money. Because the Bible says money does what? Answers all things. Grace is upon you to take over KZN. Not only Manzim. You say Manzim in what? That Manzim in Toti. Whichever way you call it. Grace. Go take it, brother. Grace to rebuild that church. Grace, Joshua, grace to pastor this new generation. Grace for you to rise as a woman of faith. Grace 
for you to see your children's children to a third generation. If Jesus carries, it's all a matter of grace. Grace, pastor. You are called to the nations of the earth and the grace of God will keep the world growing and expanding while you are touching nations because of the grace you carry. It's beyond South Africa. It's beyond Africa. Go in this dynamite. Somebody shout grace. Shout grace. How will you build a house? How would you get to the next level? How will you arise and shine? How will your needs be met? How will the healing manifest? Somebody shout grace. 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 Hit your neighbor high five and say grace. 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 When I wake up, grace. When I'm walking, grace. In the supermarket, grace. You drive a car, grace. You fly a plane, grace. I, I used to look for, trust God for money to go to America. And I'll wait for the cheapest ticket. And lie, do you know rich people are unfair? When you don't have money, they stop you from going to your seat. And they tell people in business and first class to go. And you, you got there before them. <laughs> and they will not let you go in. And they are going and going. One day I got so angry and I said, it's unfair, I'm a man of God. Why must I go to the, where you are all crumb? You are so tired. You get to America and you go to preach, you are half, half awake, half asleep. So I said, no more. So the grace of God, the last time we went to America, we went first class. Amen. The food of first class is different. But when you eat from economy, you have constipation. But first class food, first class sleep, first class revelation, first class insight, first class vision. Well, I say, I see you with grace. Somebody shout grace. Somebody shout grace. Love you. See you next year. Thank you for listening to this session of Come Celebrate. We hope you enjoyed.